I want to suck your blood. <laughs> no, that's a, that's a little cartoony. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Franchise Unpacked. I'm your host, Zach, and today, you guys, for the first time in Franchise Unpacked history, Dave isn't here. Uh, I got a text from him yesterday, so we were supposed to record on Monday. This is when we normally record. I get a text from him on Monday that says, you know, hey, yeah, I, I just got, he got back from somewhere, I forget where, sorry, Dave. Uh, and he goes, can we push it to Tuesday? I was like, yeah, absolutely. Tuesday comes around and he goes, dude, I think I'm sick. Like, I got this cough, it won't go away, but I'm going to try to get on meds so we can, you know, come hell or high water, record this thing on Wednesday. I'm like, awesome, let's do it. And then today he's like, dude, can we maybe do Thursday? I'm like, Dave, rest. <laughs> like, take take a break, rest up. So uh, so Dave is at home getting some much needed rest. Uh, so wish him well on his Instagram, which is at the Dave of Wonders. Uh, send him, just flood him with messages uh, telling him to get better so that he can get back on the show. Uh, and as you guys know, last week we announced that we were going to be doing uh, Friday the 13th. And uh, that's going to be postponed. We're going to be doing that later in October. Oh, and also it's franchise unspooked this month because it's October and we want to be spooky. Um, so, I, you know, we were we were trying to think through what we could do for this week because we definitely wanted Dave to rest up and feel a little bit better. And so I reached out to a former guest uh, that's been on the show and a good friend of mine, uh, Mike Lazarecki, who's here with us today. What's, What's going on, Mike? Everybody, I, t- I basically told him like. Just don't say anything for the first minute. I'll introduce you. <laughs> but it was funny because we were talking and I was like, hey, what do you know about Friday the 13th? Yeah. And, and I, I kind of felt like um, not a whole lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the thing is like even in doing my research for Friday the 13th, which I still have on my computer somewhere, um, I was like, man, there's like there's a lot of stuff to it. But I still had to do a lot of research. And then Mike texts me and goes, well, what about Dracula? So I got to be honest, Mike, and to, the, to our audience. So it caught me a little bit off guard. Obviously, I know a bit about Dracula, but I've never actually seen a Dracula movie. Which I've, blows my mind. I know. But, I've seen vampire you know. movies, which we're going to get to. Uh, I've watched Twilight religiously. No. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, that was boy. bad. I, I don't. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so we, we wanted to just kind of dive into a little bit of, you know, for Halloween and for October, the history and just kind of this this whole backstory of Dracula, which, okay, so when I was doing my research today, I don't know if you noticed this, Vlad the Impaler. Yes. Yeah, so did you see any of that in your research too? Like, Yeah, so that's something that I kind of, I already had some background knowing about this because that was one of the things that did, so just as a precursor, I'm not much of a horror movie guy. I've right. never really been into that stuff all that much, but those classic horror film monsters and things like that werewolves vampires um even frankenstein to a certain extent and those older classic horror movies always did kind of get me sort of more from the standpoint of the old story standpoint of it. yeah yeah um but the thing that i really kind of latched onto with dracula was the fact that it was very loosely sort of based around a real person and right this vlad the impaler person who was uh, if you read into the history, not exactly a nice guy. No, I would say, yeah. Um, but bit of a knob. Pretty heavily that a, that's respected a British thing, isn't in, it? His, <laughs> in his Romanian. Did you just call him a knob? Yeah, isn't like that a, a British. <laughs> yeah, like a doorknob. I, I don't. I don't know. I, not I, slang that I'm necessarily I once, familiar. I with, once but. heard someone say that 
uh, like the the least frequently used insults are the best ones. And, I would agree because if you call me a knob, that right. would be like that would be an argument right. breaker. You'd be because, like, it'd be hurt. <laughs> well, it was well, on. I think it was. Hell are you I think it was Game Grumps. They were playing with. Uh, What's his name? Uh, Jacob Anderson from Game of Thrones. He plays Grey Worm. Mm-hmm. And they were saying that they were like, yeah, the, it's the least used insults that are the most hurtful. And Jacob just goes, uh, I'm sorry, I don't care. And he <laughs> and he meant it. And he was like, yes, that's exactly it. <laughs> that's the best. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, so what I did find out, though, I said that really weird. What I did, but what, what I found what out. What I did find out <laughs> is was, really interesting. Right, listen up now. Uh, is that Vlad the Impaler... While he was an inspiration for a lot of these sort of vampire, you know, archetypes, yeah. he wasn't the direct inspiration for Dracula. Okay. Um, so I know but, there were aspects of him that were, I believe they were brought it, in for they sure. They were brought in. And I think from Bram Stoker's standpoint, he used it for a lot of inspiration of different details of Dracula, not necessarily right, right. specifically well, and, for and, the I, I didn't want to cut you off. You were talking about like this sort of fascination with older horror movies. Yeah. Which I think is really interesting because for me, I'm a huge horror fan, but I've never seen any of like the horror classics. Oh man. I, I gotta be honest. I, I kind of find them hard to watch. Sure. You know what I mean? Like it's just like the, the black and white and the, the, you know, the jumpy sort of. Well, and I think when you go that far back for me, also being someone who's involved in filmmaking and all kinds of different media production. Yeah. Those, those bug me to watch. Oh yeah. It's hard to kind of hold my attention i watched nosferatu today uh, oh. not all of it but yeah i i'd have made about made it probably about five minutes yeah. into that and well, i want to get we'll get to that i'm getting so far ahead of myself <laughs> so i uh, uh, what was your first sort of dracula experience then i know you you said you have kind of a history with it so um the first real experience god i i would say if I had to, I, I think the first real experience I had with it was actually the Bram Stoker's Dracula with Gary Oldman and okay. Keanu Reeves. Um, and which uh, I heard Anthony that Keanu, Hopkins. I heard that Keanu kind of pooped the bed on that performance. <laughs> well, like, <laughs> yeah, I, I would say that that is probably one of Keanu's worst performances, at least in my personal opinion. Yeah, uh, I but love I, the I've guy. Also, I think he's awesome, but I think that that he had just come off of Bill and Ted's uh, excellent yeah. adventure, the first one. I believe. And half the time, that's the casting director's fault, not sure. the actor's fault. Yeah. Anyway, continue. Anyway, Sorry. point is, yeah, I think to, to tie that one up, I would say that that was the wrong role for Keanu Reeves. It wasn't exactly his cup of tea, right. I don't think, necessarily. So I, um, I heard that the, it, someone was like, you could see him struggling not to say dude at the end of each line. <laughs> I would say that's probably pretty true. Yeah. Um, on the other hand, all of the all of the Keanu Reeves stuff aside if you were to start with that like that was my first experience with Dracula my parents actually had the Bram Stoker's Dracula VHS tape way back in the day so I'm kind of dating myself there a little bit but um (laughs) you're not that much older than me so but no I think the first time that I watched it I think the first time that I watched it was actually when my dad had just upgraded it to a DVD okay so I was a little bit older, but it was one of those deals. I want to say I was probably like 10 or 12. Yeah. Because what year did that come out? That was like 93, I think, or 94. Was it that? I think it was that early. Maybe it was 94. It it was somewhere around there. I'm going to do a quick Google. Bram Stoker's Dracula, 92. 92. Yeah. Yeah. So the thing with that one, and if you actually watch that film today, it still holds up. That's what I've heard. If you can get past... Keanu Reeves kind of not being totally convincing in his yeah. role. 
Uh, all of the rest. I mean, uh, Winona Ryder's in it. She yeah. was, she's one of the main characters. It, it was honestly, it was probably one of my main favorite horror movies yeah. back in those days. So I, I personally think that that one still holds up the best of any of the Dracula related movies now. Yeah. So, well, and, and for me, you know, my, I guess my biggest experience with Dracula was just sort of seeing him as a reference. Um, I never like, yeah, going, Chocula doesn't count. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> or count. What, I was gonna say the Get count it. on Sesame street. No, nothing. No. Um, no okay. Anyway, still nothing, but there was, uh, you know, growing up, I was not into horror at all. Sure. Like I, I didn't like watching it. I just didn't care for it. It scared me. Um, as it should, as good horror does, but right, that's uh, kind of the point, right? Yeah. So I, I never really got into Dracula growing up and, once I did start getting into horror movies uh, and just horror as a genre in general, I I started getting more into like something like what we do in the shadows, you know, like these sort of mockumentaries about vampires or something like that. Sure. Which we'll definitely get to. So, and I mean, honestly, that's, that's about my experience with Dracula. There's not sure. too much. Um, well, and being that it's something that really, it's hard to even call Dracula a franchise. It's almost more of a legend at that point because yeah, it's been this, around since what? 1897 is when Bram Stoker wrote the yeah, book. Yeah. So this is really old. So no. I was, I was actually watching a, uh, like a Ted, it wasn't really a Ted talk, but it was like a, one of those like informative Ted sessions. And, uh, I was going to say, who's Ted? And why is he Ted? discussing Dracula? Ted Stoker, his great grandson. <laughs> no, but, uh, it was, it was talking about how, like Bram Stoker, when he was young, uh, his mom would tell him all these like folk tales and all this stuff about uh, like this. I forget what it was. There was some disease that was going around when she sure. was a kid. And so he sort of got used to this idea of like sickly beings. And at the time, what was happening was when people would get buried in mm-hmm. their caskets, uh, sometimes they would get bloated and then blood would sort of like come out of their mouth. Okay. And so when people like if they saw that, they would think, oh my gosh, this body's been up and feeding. There we spawn vampires. Sure. And, and if you think about the idea behind those discussions that he would have had with family, especially going all the way back to the 1800s, that was how people explained unexplainable things. Right. It's like, so you didn't have, you know, Detroit medical center doctors right, and, and right. all of it. You didn't, you didn't have all this science and doctor stuff to, to be able to explain away every little detail. Well, and, and they eventually did. Uh, there was someone in a position of power. I want to say it was like a queen or something that sent out her personal physician to go and do research to prove, Hey guys, don't panic. Vampires don't exist. Right. Yeah. Uh, Cause I mean, they were starting to bury people with like garlic and poppy seeds. Oh sure. Uh, just to make sure that they wouldn't come to life and feed. Listen, all good legends make people scared out of their mind. Oh yeah. I mean, well, and at, this at time, one point in history, at least how can like, you disprove it? There's no photography. There's no videography. Exactly. You know? Yeah. So anyway, uh, Bram Stoker wrote, uh, the original Dracula novel, uh, like Mike said in 1897, it wasn't even popular then though. It, it, it got overlooked. Uh, and it was like mentioned in his obituary. That was about sure. it. Um, and then his wife actually, so I'll rewind it just a little bit. Nosferatu came out. So yep. it was this German production company and they, they took the Dracula novel and they adapted it. You know, they, sure. they, they called him Nosferatu, all this stuff, but it was so clearly Dracula that they then got into a legal battle with Brahms widow, uh, Florence Stoker. And she basically was able to prove like, Hey, 
you change the names, but this is <laughs> you my, straight up ripped off right. the story. <laughs> yeah. This is my late husband's work. Like sure. you can't do that. And so she got exclusive rights to it after this legal battle. That German production company got shut down, and she made it into a stage play. She's she got the stage play going. Sure. Uh, so the stage play starred Bella Lugosi as Dracula, and um, he's actually the one that went on to star Dracula in the film. That came out in, I don't have the date written down, uh, early 1900s, 1930 1931. something. Yeah, so, I, so he was, you know, he kind of became popularized for that role. But it's so interesting to me because if you look back at Nosferatu, clearly, obviously, it's Dracula. Yeah. But the filmmaking that they did for that, as much, as hard as it is to watch today, it was kind of brilliant. Like, I was oh, watching sure. a scene where he emerges out of this cellar and they wanted it to look like he had this magic power that pulled the tarp back and lifted this heavy cellar gate. And it was just stop motion. But and then like when it landed, there was like a little cut where they, you know, switched to the camera angle a little bit. Sure. But it was just nuts to me that even back then they were like, OK, how do we tell this story? Because there was it was a symphony behind it. It was it was well, a silent that, film. Would have, that would have been your one of your earliest iterations of visual effects right one of the first times that you realized that you could manipulate what the human eye was going to see in the final product by doing something behind the scenes yep to help to you know move your story along and there were i gotta say for for as old as it was there were a few really cool looking shots sure Uh, like the the iconic him going up the staircase but it's just a shadow yeah um that was really nice and then there was also a shot where he was walking up like he looked small because he's behind a staircase. Yeah. And then he walks up the stairs and he's just this like hulking, you know, yeah. skinny looking weird figure. And that was, I got to be honest with you, that particular Dracula film, I've never seen it all the way through. I've seen I bits and pieces of it, but oh man, it, and it is hard to watch. Yeah. Knowing, I mean, if you think about the difference in the, the technology now versus what it was back then, of course it's hard to watch. We're right. used to, you know, 4K plus. Yeah. You know, and now... Yeah that's not something that was available even close back then. So, um, and I just think it's really cool though, that after that, so Nosferatu came out in 1922. That's when that film came out. I, that was very redundant of me to say both of those. Nosferatu came out here is when it came out. I, (laughs) I always used to say man, redundancy, man, or no, I just ruined the joke. (laughs) It's here to save the day. It's man, redundancy, man, to save the day. Goodness. Goodness wow. great. It's been a long week, you guys. Oh my, it's uh, only Wednesday. <laughs> I know, it's only Wednesday. It's been a week. Um, so that came out in uh, 22. Dracula the movie uh, with Lugosi came out in um, 31. After that, we have had a slew well, and, of movies. And really, one of, the, one of the ones I really wanted to touch on, too, was the, the next one was really, what was it, 50... 53 or something along those lines. 58 is when uh, Christopher Lee was involved. Yes. If you're familiar yep. with Christopher Lee, he he played Sauron in The Lord of the Rings uh, and countless other roles uh, throughout history. Yeah. <laughs> the, the guy. Very famous actor. Uh, so uh, he, he passed away, right? So rest I, in peace. He, I, I he think passed so. away a few years ago, yeah, I believe. Yeah, I think so. But the, the thing with these Dracula movies, so... I want to branch off a little bit here. Um, so you guys, obviously today's episode uh, with these last minute changes isn't as thoroughly researched as we normally would like. But one thing that I was able to really kind of get my hands on and dive into is 
all of the sort of spinoffs that came of it because oh yeah nosferatu and dracula were obviously og yeah but it ended up going to just the vampire genre in general i mean think of how widespread that is it's everywhere and especially from the horrible twilight series all the way out to buffy the vampire slayer to dracula to the blade series and there's there's been this idea of vampires that sort of run rampant and uh I feel like it's like zombies and vampires are sort of neck and neck. And we yeah. saw this huge boom of zombies over the past like 10 years where yeah, everybody that, wants to have a zombie. It's going to be vampires turn again here pretty soon. I, yeah. Well, vampires had a pretty big run there for, for a they while. Did. I think they were like pre zombie for. Well, well no pre zombie. Cause if you think of like the original night of the walking dead, that kind of pre, I think that they, they trade off throughout different decades. They do. <laughs> yeah, they do. And, but what I think is really cool is we've started to reach this era where you can make fun of the genres oh, a little bit. Absolutely. Um, well, and there there have been some that have sort of opened themselves up to this sort of parody nature, like uh, what we do in the shadows. Have you ever seen that? I have not. But like another example of that would be like that Creek to Freak. Uh, I don't think I ever saw that. Yeah, that one was like the Vampire's Apprentice. It had like John oh, Rice okay. Davies and stuff in it. And he was like supposed to be yeah. uh, the lead vampire in it. So this is, again, it's a little atypical for us, but we, um, so Dracula as a franchise sort of has to be split up into just vampires as a franchise in general. Um, and and I, and the reason for that, I think is because if you go just Dracula, there are, there are a couple of times where he shows up, but it's never the same franchise. It's always like this new take on Dracula. Sure. Like Dracula shows up in the third installment of the Blade series and it's a totally different approach to it. Yeah. Dracula shows up in Castlevania, the video game. Absolutely. And you've got Dracula 2000 with Gerard Butler, which was a totally new take on the old Dracula stories. And it's, it's just really cool to me because you look at something like what we do in the shadows and it's a mockumentary for those of you who haven't seen it. It's a mockumentary uh, starring one of the guys from Flight of the Concords, uh, Jermaine, I think. Oh, he's my favorite. Oh, he's great. Uh, that guy's then, awesome. Uh, I forget the writer's name, but uh, he's... He was also in Moana. Was he? Yeah, he was. Oh, man. The, he was like the crab He's thing. great. But he, but he was in this, and it's it follows around these vampires who are all flatmates, and they they <laughs> it's it's incredible. I, I have a copy. I'll lend it to you. It's, yeah, yeah. It's super funny, but they... It, it's really cool, especially to me as a filmmaker, because they've had a hundred years of trope to call back on and say, Oh my gosh, vampires are known for doing this. Let's make it, you know, let's amplify that by 10 times. Sure. And to a degree, although, I mean, I've never seen them or read the the books, but I have to give a little bit of credit to twilight because they kind of did the same thing. They said, Hey, here's this trope. Here's this old horror trope. What can we do to adapt this? And given that wasn't Dracula, nor was uh, what we do in the shadows. But and the truth is that, yeah, you do have to give them some credit because they took they took that mythology and they put their own spin yeah. on it, which is the whole point behind filmmaking and storytelling is to to be able to take something and put your own original spin on it. So as much as most at least most males that I know are not <laughs> a huge fan of the, the Twilight series, most people that I know aren't a huge fan of the Twilight series. Yeah, no, I was trying to. Yeah, it's true. You're right. <laughs> But for our sake, we're, we're like I said, we're talking about vampires sort of as a whole because it's like talking about Better Call Saul when you talk about Breaking Bad. It's a spinoff. Sure. Vampires, 
and not to say that vampires in the Lord didn't exist before Dracula, but certainly not in the same way. Well, and keep in mind too that like all of this stuff, the the idea behind these iconic, you know, monsters and different mythology. Yeah, the, I think part of the the beauty of and the idea behind it is that they it, there's it's supposed to spin off into something bigger, right? And now we're even at a point where we see it in kids' movies. We see Hotel Absolutely. Transylvania with Dracula and that. And there's uh, super monsters my daughter watches and she loves it. And there's a vampire character yeah. in that. And and it's just really. I think it's kind of cool that they've been able to adapt this character into sure. so many. And really, the it's the character is the franchise, but it's almost the monster as a whole. Yeah, that's the franchise. Uh, and one thing that I wanted to touch on as we're sort of getting into like the present slash future of the franchise is the video games. So sure, there have been a metric butt ton of video games. Although uh, I could say that they probably could use a reboot, but oh, absolutely. I mean, most of these that I'm looking at. I shouldn't say most, but a lot of them came out in the nineties. Yeah. And so, and you know, so you're looking at these sort of like text-based adventures or choose your own story. I would story. even really go so far as to say that like the nineties and early two thousands was kind of the, the last, the most recent vampire boom. Yeah. As far as that character goes, uh, pre, you know, pre big zombie boom. Well, um, in the, I think the biggest, uh, from what I was able to see anyway, and from my own personal sort of gaming history, the biggest sort of surge of Dracula was in Castlevania. So, okay. which I never actually got a chance to beat Castlevania, but there was a, there was a game called, I want to be the guy. This is a little bit of a tangent, <laughs> but I got to tell you guys about this. And Here we go. Zach, it was digressing. I know. It's a shocker. Um, <laughs> everybody uh, put on your, your yeah, happy buckle pants up. and sit on down. But so this guy made a game specifically to be the hardest, most annoying game it could be. And it's just super trolly and it kills you at every turn. Definitely sounds it, like my kind of guy. Oh yeah. And no, it's, it's incredible. I'll actually show you. I have it on my computer before mm. you leave. I'll show you. Um, but at one point you fight Dracula from Castlevania oh, wow. and I want to be the guy. And it's just, it's hilarious. Cause he'll like open up his cape and the moon will fly out of it and crush you. Um, and, and he's impossible to kill. I'm the first time I played that game. It took me, I want to say like three weeks to fight just that one boss. Oh my God. They made him just so hard. But again, that Dracula character was so prevalent that he could permeate these main series and go to some offshoot indie game and still be successful, you know, even as a completely unlicensed. Well, that's one of the things I, I like about the character too, is that I think that you can, because it has such old roots, there's just kind of unlimited potential for any kind of reboot, any kind of reinterpretation of the character. There's no reason that it couldn't become a big deal again. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And that's, so before we dive into the future of the franchise, I know that you had said you had a few ideas of sort of why this was sort of like an off mic thing, but you know, you said that you had some ideas of sort of the, why the decline of Dracula and vampires sort of happened. I was curious to hear your thoughts on that. Well, I think, you know, to kind of simplify this, I think, uh, you know, late nineties, early two thousands, we saw a lot of, probably maybe even too much reinvention of that character style. Yeah, yeah. You saw a lot of movies coming out, like the first underworld I thought was a really cool movie. Uh, but then once we started seeing movies like Van Helsing with, uh, uh, with Hugh Jackman mm-hmm. and 
You look like you're going to say Ryan Reynolds. I don't think it's Ryan Reynolds. No, and I, I couldn't remember the other. Um, so it was Hugh Jackman, and I don't know the other guy. That's fine. The guy that That's actually fine. played va- uh, vampire Dracula. Um, <laughs> he played vampire. <laughs> he played vampire. Yeah, no. So Van Helsing was not exactly well received. Right. Although, like for me personally, the most well received portion of that movie was Kate Beckinsale, which she's always well received for me. <laughs> but uh, I have to say, like. I think that the reason that you started to see such a decline was we had gone through well over a decade of everything from Buffy the Vampire Slayer to right. the earlier Blade films to the first Underworld movie. The The sequel to Underworld was fairly decent, and then they, they went into a couple of other you know, underworld offshoots that were kind of weird and not and When you start to great. offshoot the offshoot, it yeah. gets weird. So. I think what had happened was it had gone through just maybe a little too much of a melting pot and become pretty diluted. Yeah. So I think, you know, leading into the future, I think that now that we've had a bit of a break, I could definitely see a so, reboot. So then, yeah, so that brings us to the future then, because uh, it's actually about that time to dive into it anyway. We're running a little bit over, uh, so we'll try to keep the uh, the future of the fan. franchise, the vamp, vamp chise. Uh, we'll try to keep the it vamp brief. Chise. Um, so what would you want to see? Let's say specifically out of Dracula. Let's leave vampires as a whole out of it. Specifically out of Dracula, what would you want to see out of a, like a future movie or TV show, something like that? I'm just curious to see your thoughts. To be honest with you, that's the direction I would want it to go is to avoid concentrating on vampires alone. And let's let's see a good reboot of the character for Dracula. Yeah, Maybe... Maybe modern day, but maybe a modern take on old times too could work really Either well. Way, I think I would love to be... see something like like Netflix yes. pick up and run with a a really dark, more modern styled. I would love to see it series. modern day or potentially even future. Do it like uh, altered carbon time. I could see uh, that, but I feel like you could get into maybe a problem. This is just my personal feeling. <laughs> space vampires. <laughs> right. right. Like, like space vampires, the space force. Right. Sorry to get political, but no, I, I think, I think that if you push it into the future, there's a, there's a feeling with it that would almost turn into underworld and blade all over yes. again. I think that if you keep it relatable by keeping it in either present day or not too distant past. Right. Um, like I could even see something that's more of like a, a 90s retro. That'd be cool. Um, I, I think the thing that it needs, regardless of when they place it, and maybe it doesn't need it, but what I would really love to see is them dive into Dracula's history. Let's see him as yes. a kid. How was he raised? What Teen years, like sure. growing up, young adult. And then by the end, it can be this, you know, weathered old man. Because it's a tragic story, really. I mean, sure. It's, you know, this dude is going to be around forever. He's kind of immortal. So how did that become? Like what happened to him? Or even maybe there's a root story. How did he become Dracula? What came before him that put him in that place? I would love to see a Dracula origin. Dude, let's make one. That's our next short film. A Dracula origin story. Hell yeah. That would be awesome. Yeah. We, uh, we actually just got done for anyone listening. We just got done shooting a short film that will be out on October 25th called the creaking man. So that's going to be fun. (laughs) Uh, that was like a, a dolphin noise. It's probably not even going to register on the camera. <laughs> First off, there's no camera here Sorry. presently. Sp- SpongeBob's <laughs> laughing in the studio. <laughs> the creaky so, man. It sounded, <laughs> sounded like a dolphin with pneumonia. It really did. Oh my god. Oh my gosh. Anyway, um, 
so so there's that there's a shameless plug uh but i would love to see that origin story um and on top of that kind of piggybacking off of that uh on the video game side i think there's a really really cool opportunity for a survival horror game where you know you're not necessarily van helsing but i think that you could you could sort of be this character that needs to beef up before you can fight Dracula. Sure. And as you're walking through this like ruined city in, you know, Transylvania or something like that, or Romania, like you're walking through this totally deserted city, almost silent Hill style. And Dracula is hunting you. And then you have this sort of aspect of, you know, you're always looking over your shoulder and trying to survive his attacks. Yeah. As you get stronger, you know, I could see something from a video game standpoint being, full blown open world and your character is constantly hunted yeah by Dracula or Un- something like something right. that Dracula controls. Well I think that that would have to be a part of it for sure, like some yeah. sort of minions or demons or whatever, but that would be so cool because then eventually you get strong enough to fight him off. Yeah. And you know, once you deal enough damage to him he flees up to his tower and you have to go up and fight Dracula. Sure. And I think maybe going back to even something that you could combine you could even combine storylines with something live action and a video game. I would right. love to see something where maybe you even humanize Dracula a little bit. So like maybe yeah. one of these slightly retro shows where you're seeing this more from Dracula or from a standpoint that's close to him. Yeah. And they, they you could make it even into more of a drama than a horror story too as well. You yeah. Could, you could really... Uh, really expand on that in in a different, darker but more relatable well, type of way. That was one thing that I, I mean, it was it was done in a comedic way, but that I really liked about um about what we do in the shadows. So sure. spoiler alert for anybody who's watching what we do in the shadows, um, one of the vampires falls in love, like when he's with this girl when she's like you know maybe twenty years old something like that. Sure, and then we see him later looking up longingly at this woman's apartment and she's in her eighties. Like she's not doing well, you know? And so he's, it's this tragic story. He's seeing the love of his life die in front of him pretty much. And at the end, again, spoiler, but it's, it's really cool because at the end he makes the decision like he, and I think he gets her permission, but he bites her and then she's immortal and they live together forever. And I'm like, being able to take something like that and wrap it into a new genre. Sure. That takes skill. And I think that'd be really, really cool to see kind of going off of a little bit of that vein too. And it's this sort of digresses back into the history for a second. But in my opinion, I think that some of the over comedic things that were done with Dracula and vampires are maybe part of what ruined it. And I, yeah. And if you go back to when they did like interview with the vampire and queen of the damned, those were incredibly cool movies. Yeah. And neat takes on the whole history of it as well. Mm-hmm. I liked how like in queen of the damned, they went back and looked at the history and did like flash forward flashbacks, not the greatest uh, film necessarily, but it was really an interesting take right. on it. And I'd love to see future with, with more of, and I, I, I think Netflix a, is the perfect place to oh, do totally, it. Totally. They, they have the budgets for it. They're doing a great job with their casting and their directing. I would see the only possible uh, the only possible competition for that would be if it landed on Disney plus somehow, but right. But that might even end up being because of so many of the sexual connotations in Dracula yeah. and vampire well, and lore, it would almost have to be Netflix. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, it's, 
Maybe Amazon Prime. You have to sort of find a way to tastefully draw that line because it's not a it's not a sex you know movie or a sex play. Yeah, you but had True Blood, and that was very well. Yeah, but I'm know. saying I'm saying in general though, like being able to make it so it's not like you know Dracula isn't this sex symbol. He's not the Austin Powers. But there no, are but those there aspects was of this, it. Yeah. There, there was like one of the main things about the original character was that it was the kind of that that hidden creature in the night kind of thing. That yeah. What, what yeah. you know comes out behind closed doors and things like that. So, and especially in that day and age, that was like so oh, taboo. That very, was, yeah. Um, but that's it's just Dracula and vampires as a whole have this huge, like super super rich sure. background. I mean, we could do an entire podcast series. Just on vampires and Dracula. Oh my God, yeah. Um, but unfortunately, we have to stop here because our time is almost up. Um, so before <laughs> as we, per usual, yeah, Zach and as I per talk usual, too much. Uh, yeah, no kidding. Anytime that Mike and I get together to like just Ugh. like hang out after work, we like blink and it's been an hour and a half. And we're like, well, we need to go home. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, before we go. Uh, Mike, is there anything that you want to plug your personal Instagram, anything like that? So my Instagram is at Mike Lazarecki and uh, may have a little tease. I might end up having a podcast coming out myself here in the next Heck couple yeah. of months. So uh, when you do let us know, and we'll I, I will for sure. Well, we talked about me maybe jumping into another episode here on oh, yeah. Franchise Unpacked yeah. too at some point. So. No, this is your one. No, <laughs> you took over oh. Dave's spot for today. So it's a double oh. duty. <laughs> But this isn't a guest spot. Um, no. <laughs> so yeah, check out Mike on Instagram. Uh, you can check me out on Instagram too at the Zach Rogers. And as per usual, you can check out Franchise Unpacked at Franchise Unpacked on Instagram. Um, and that's honestly where you're going to see the most like up to date. You know what we're doing for franchises, any news announcements, uh, just fun little trivia. On oh, and I have things. a news announcement. Yes, Dave's changing his Instagram to at the Dave of Sniffles uh, because he's <laughs> sick. Just kidding. Yeah, that but, was a fake. But also, feel better, Dave. Uh, yeah, you know we we miss having you here you for feel sure. Better, buddy. Yeah, wish Dave well on his Instagram and on ours. I'll make sure that he uh, sees all the messages. But uh, I think that's about it, Mike. You got anything else? I think that's it for me. Cool, cool. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes. That's huge for us. And. Uh, even more importantly, share this with your friends if you guys like what you hear. So uh, we've been having a great time doing this. We really appreciate you, nerds, and we will see you next week. Later, nerds. Thank you so much for joining us, everybody. The next franchise we'll be unpacking is Evil Dead. But in the meantime, feel free to drop us a line with any questions, comments, or future episodes at franchiseunpacked at gmail.com. Also, be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and Spotify, and be sure to share so we can keep these episodes coming your way. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time.